Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. FPL Champion Chuck Bailey and Super Producer Ian Stimson. How's it going, boys? Ah, things are good. Yeah, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Football's good. <laughs> the most you get out of him, even after a five-one. <laughs> How oh, many? I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get plenty more when it comes time to actually talk about the match. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Something did happen. Uh, get it in. I don't have a jingle for it. Ooh, new Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Right at the top. Well, yeah, because uh, we got a new Patreon, uh, Safira Gold, who uh, she asked us where our theme music came from as well. Oh, yeah, good point. And yeah. I thought it just it just made me remind of that also so that, you know, admin, don't forget. And she gets a mention <laughs> nice and early, so you can switch yeah. off now. Save yourself the rest of the time because she's a Fulham fan. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Ian Ian made the theme song. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It was on Garage Band, so there was no actual Don't musical talent Don't downplay yourself. Involved. Come on, you wrote it. <laughs> also wrote the phenomenal mid-break song that we never get to hear anymore because we used to take a break at the halfway mark and then like come back. Yeah. Yay! There she is. Now it's just uh, uh, can we can we just use that as the bluffer? Yeah, it's time to do the block for how okay, can you bid the sweetie? Can you get it right? Or will you just be like Ian and never answer a fucking question? There you go. I do actually love that as the bluffer. Pod uh, logistics in real time for all the listeners. Yeah. Fantastic. And that's the banter section done as well. There you go. Banter done. You are efficient. Efficient yeah. tonight, Chuck. Well, Chuck just wants like a full 45 minutes to talk about Palace. So he's like, let's get this moving. Let's get this moving. I've got yeah. shit to do. Come on. I'm very yeah. busy. So if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We are very happy to have you. We are the Miles Offside Podcast, one American, two Brits, and we talk about the Premier League and socks and food and Star Wars and other stupid things. Um, if you are back, thanks, I guess. What's wrong with you? But we appreciate it nonetheless. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, people need something to listen to, I guess. And uh, so go ahead, leave a review, five stars, <laughs> tell a friend, share the wealth, all that See, good stuff. I feel stuff. like this bit is always reversed. Like, you're American. You're supposed to be bombastic, like, bigging us up. Whereas you always sort of self-deprecate us. Whereas Chuck's always like, no, let's tell everyone that we're brilliant. We're fucking amazing. We have literally hundreds of thousands of listeners a week. It's the wrong way around. Yeah. Um, we have very clearly discovered over the, over the course of this podcast that Chuck is significantly more American than I am in a lot of ways. Like, I am more of a New Yorker than an American, and Chuck is like, Mountain Dew, Florida, let's fucking go! Like, extremely Yeah, American. that's true. Yeah. But we will kick things off, as we always do with our famous segment... <clears throat> rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening, gentlemen, the facilities at Stoke are apparently a pigsty and an absolute <laughs> disgrace. Uh, That's right, pod favorite Neil Warnock flew into a classic rant after Middlesbrough <laughs> 1-0 defeat at Stoke. Quote, quote, the facilities that we've got changed in were an absolute disgrace today. I wouldn't have put animals in it. The toilets were blocked up. We've got fumes coming in from a bloody engine I outside mean, the room. Neil did that himself. He definitely <laughs> blocked the toilet himself. Water everywhere on the floor. It's a disgrace for the piss, championship. Piss on the floor. Absolute Toilets overflowing. Disgrace. 
Can you do it on a shitty Saturday in Stoke? That's yeah. the question. <laughs> Middlesbrough cannot. Yeah, classic deflection from Ward up there after losing the game. Yeah, and uh, Stoke have affectionately renamed their stadium the Shitania. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that, yeah, fume, fumes from the outside. I mean, that, that possibly needs looking into. They just park up a diesel generator outside their porter cabin and just left it running. Well, they're trying to drain the septic tank. That was the reason oh. that the thing was all pl- blocked up. Grim. <laughs> Man, I knew things were really shitty down in the championship, but, uh, hell. <laughs> I mean, come on. Even in League One, you'd expect better than that, though. That's it's pretty poor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, when we did the Stamford Bridge Stadium tour, they the guy, we did like a, like, it was just me and Emily on it because it was like part of our honeymoon, so we did like a private one or whatever. And because no one likes Chelsea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was giving like little side comments about stuff as we went through, and we went into the away dressing room. And he literally said, this is as bad of an away dressing room as we can get away with having. (laughs) Because it was just like a long wooden bench, some coat hooks, and like, that's basically it. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. There's definitely like shithousery on a whole different level in the Premier League than there is in US sports. I love this. I love, love, love it. So the idea that like, there's just a clogged toilet in the Stoke away dressing room is like, very on brand for Stoke. Very on brand for the country of England as a like shit house culture. All right. And, oh right. Uh, okay. Just Sorry. I, was... <laughs> I thought you were going to say shit hole. <laughs> no, no, no. I live in the shit hole. You guys live in the shit house country. Oh, okay. <laughs> Britain, the clogged toilet of Europe. <laughs> hey, not too far away. I mean, it could go on a poster. Yeah. Well, not for long, right? Because you guys are leaving Europe. So anyway. Britain, the clogged toilet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, speaking of a shitty situation, we there transition is. now to our next story. Paul Pogba is unhappy at Manchester United and has to change teams in the next transfer window, says his agent. Quote, Paul is unhappy. He is no longer able to express himself as he would like and is expected of him. He has a contract that will expire in a year and a half, but I think the best solution for all parties is to sell him in the next market. Gets one decent goal off quick, Mino. Get him in the shop fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> Loves the smell of a pound note, does that bloke? Fucking hell. Honestly, and this is... I mean, by the time this episode comes out, the full interview will have come out. That These were just like the lead lines that they're bringing out before the interview comes out this week. So, I don't know what... I don't know what, <laughs> how much further he's going to go in what he said. But, I mean, obviously, there's only one motivation there. If it really happens that Man United wind down his contract, that that means he's out of pocket. So obviously he's clamouring for for a move. But I mean, Paul Pogba was saying quite the opposite sort of conciliatory. How do you say that word? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Just bail on it. (laughs) You're just making words. Yeah. You know what I mean. He was saying saying nice things um, about, about the fans and the club. But yeah. I, honestly, there's so clearly only one motivation. If Man United had any sense, they'd try and sell him, but negotiate some sort of deal where there's nothing for the agent, because fucking hell. <laughs> so not a fan of agents, I guess, Mr. Stimson? Well, I just, you know, there's so much money being taken out of the game by these people. And you can deal with it for the players, vastly inflated as it is. You sort of, well, there's market value, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think with these agents, they're so... 
so little value added to what they do. I mean, I think it used to be that they looked after the players a lot more, but now every club has player liaison officers that do their, you know, organise their washing for them and everything. And the agents don't really do all that much. It's just, it's just shithousery like this where they try and rile things up and get other clubs interested. And it's just all to boost that bottom line that they get when it comes to a new deal or a, or a transfer deal or whatever. And it's just, does irritate me. Yeah, especially this fat twat. There we go. Oh. Ian Stimson hates money. Yeah. I love That's money. the most fired up I've heard <laughs> you maybe ever think on this podcast. Uh, should we ride the wave of Ian's enthusiasm and ask how the posh are doing? Oh. You motherfucker. <laughs> come on, yeah. come on. You're all heated up. Give it, get it out of your system. This is a safe space. No, Give us what you I got. I don't want to. This, uh, but I will. It was, yeah, we we were playing Portsmouth, as Chuck pointed out on the WhatsApp, we never do well against Portsmouth. Never. Uh, So they've leapfrogged us now, we've got clubs underneath us with games in hand, I know it's better to have points on the board, but still, you you need to see some form from somewhere to have some level of positive thinking about your club, and it's it's not happening, but yeah, we're we're playing... um, You'll enjoy this. We're playing West Ham's under twenty ones in the Papa John's Trophy, so maybe we can, <laughs> maybe we can build some form on that. God <laughs> bless the English pyramid. Otherwise, well, how, who would West Ham's under twenty ones play in the Papa John's tournament? <laughs> Obviously, good thing there's ninety teams at every level of the English pyramid. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, man. So apparently Ian's agent takes is my English pyramid takes, and Chuck just hates everything equally. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I've considered uh, starting a compendium, which is available in 26 volumes at just seventy eight ninety nine a volume, much like the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> shit, just of shit, me hating shit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Shitanica, but then I thought I've already made that joke. No, with a it was a lovely callback. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Done it for you now. Thanks, no worries. There you go. All right. Well, rapid, let's move rapid, on. rapid, rapid. He cuts me off as I'm moving on to be like, we're not moving fast enough. Look at this. And then Look it at seems this. like he's driven the item. That's the thing. Exactly. Exactly. Make sure you, uh, when you put that together, make sure you put that in the right order, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> um, our next story, we have the World Cup qualifying draw that's right the euros haven't even happened but we are already talking about world cup qualifying yeah um i'm not going to go through all of the groups but to check in with the uk and or homish area great britain home uh, nations nations. here we go i'm just trying to i'm going to include ireland so don't get all offended if i include ireland but republic of ireland are in group a with portugal serbia luxembourg and azerbaijan um who else Italy, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland have made the qualifying. Is that a big deal? I can't, I don't know. No, they would, I don't know. They would usually, quali- they would usually make the qualifying group. Everyone so. makes the qualifying. Say, it is Does everyone make the qualifying? I don't fucking yes. know. <laughs> this All I know the- is that Northern Ireland and the World Cup is like a whole thing. This is going extremely on brand <laughs> so far. England. Group C. Northern Ireland, Italy, Switzerland, Bulgaria, and Lithuania. Tough group. Uh, Something tough to say, group, isn't it? For sure. I doubt they're going to get out of that. No offense. Northern Ireland. Wales are in the group with Belgium. Petr Czech Republic, Belarus, and Estonia. So they have a decent chance of getting out of there, I guess. Question mark. I don't know who plays for Wales. Is Bale even still on the team anymore? How many people get out of the group? Who knows? No, unclear. Unclear. I have no idea. Uh, this is great. This is going so Gosh, well. Good content, lads. 
<laughs> Group F, Denmark, Austria, Scotland, Israel, Faroe Islands, and Moldova. That is literally as good a group as Scotland could get. <laughs> yeah, that is that is extremely, extremely generous for them. Um, let's see, Group G has the Netherlands, and none of those teams sound like they're from the UK. Croatia, <laughs> so none of those Cyprus. teams sound, sound like, like they're from the UK. <laughs> there's so many countries in your country, it's hard to keep track. I, mean, I don't know. It's just the four. England really. left. <laughs> Yes, England. Okay, Group I. <laughs> I found them. England, Poland, Hungary, Albania, Andorra, and San Marino. You guys think you'll win that group? Oh, fuck, yeah. We'll walk it like we always do, and then we'll go out in the quarterfinals. On penalties. on penalties, yeah. Exactly. Um, but Lewandowski's in your group, so I'd be a little scared, at least, of that. You might get second place. Who knows? No. no. Okay, and uh, Group J, uh, I bring this up only for the team that I... Uh, support, I guess? Question mark? Who knows? Germany, Romania, Iceland, North Macedonia. Didn't know there was a North Macedonia separate from South or regular Macedonia. Armenia and Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. Uh, Liechtenstein. <laughs> this exposes our geographical frailty so much. North Macedonia. They're also in the Euros because of the Nations League. Yeah? There, there you, you go. go. That's a good there thing. You go. Germany. Uh, no one gives a fuck. Can they get relegated from this group? I know they got relegated from the Nations League. Don't really know how this works either. There's just too many fucking things. I don't know. I just want to watch the World Cup, guys. Just like okay. tell me who's in the World Cup. Okay. Well, give it when, two when years. When it happens, we'll let you know. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our uh, our final story for this week, and one that is obviously more serious and less bantery than the others. Millwall have come out and said that they are dismayed and saddened after some of their mm, fans. Good, fucking booed. do something about it then. Fucking hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me let me intro the story and then we'll go fucking get to that. But fans booed players taking a knee at the start of Saturday's game against Derby. The Den was able to host two thousand fans for the first time. However, the return of spectators was overshadowed by the pre-match incident. The FA and anti-discrimination body Kick It Out have also condemned. The booing. Oh no, not a condemnation, you guys. Whatever shall the racists do now? I mean, literally exactly what they wanted. Yeah, just provocation with no actual fucking punishment. That's exactly what they wanted. Fucking Millwall being absolute soft touches and saying, oh, we're going to have a meeting and discuss. No, no. Here's the great thing about having only 2,000 people (laughs) in your stadium in a limited space. What you have is cameras pointing at those fucking people. You find those people, you ban them for life. If Millwall really want to distance themselves from this racist image, from the scumbag image, for the team that won Family Club of the Year 2017, if they really want to be that and not known for what they are, then they need to fucking act on this, act severely and act now, because it's the only way. And it's funny how they say, you know, twatish MPs, probably that Ben Bradley knobhead, uh, he's normally the one who complains about this, saying, oh no, they were booing uh, the Marxist agenda behind the Black Lives Matter political movement, which is fucking stupid, because funnily enough, no other teams booed the Marxist agenda, and I'm (laughs) sorry, but I didn't know that historically racist Millwall fans had suddenly become so political against semi-quasi-communist parties, which is really funny, considering the fact that Marxism is against fucking leadership and putting down the common people, which is probably what they are since they collect their dole checks and turn it all into fucking nose candy. Bunch (laughs) of fucking racist fucks. Fuck them. All right, well, I don't know about any of the second half of that rant, but definitely fuck the racist fucking pieces of shit. 
Um, there are two types of people who would boo the taking the knee. And I have had years of thinking about this in the fucking U.S. because this has been going on for years here. And there's always people that boo and people that make a whole fucking thing about it. The first kind of people that would boo are the just openly, maliciously racist morons. And there's nothing we can do about them but just like try to keep them to the fringes of society and avoid interacting with them at all costs. But the other type of people are potentially ones that, if I'm being generous and giving the benefit of the doubt, are like, I don't know that this is the best form of protest or... You know, they're, they're, they're trying to, like, I don't know, stick to sports kind of take on it. Um, and to that, I would say you might not be maliciously racist, but you are actively engaging in furthering your own ignorance. And so, therefore, by accident, are being maliciously racist. And so, fuck you too. So Yeah, exactly. And it, that's but it. The difference is, obviously, with the US is part of the, the bandwagon and how they amp up the booing. And to hide it is obviously because it happens during the national anthem, which doesn't right. which doesn't happen in the UK. So they're saying it's it's just a time where everyone's together, and and that's why footballers do it when they just kicked off or just about to kick off. However you want to look at it, and they do it then because then they're all in their places, they're they're ready to start the game. They take the knee as a symbol. But what's funny is obviously at the beginning they started off that it was Black Lives Matter, but even the badges and stuff on the arms now for the football teams it says no room for racism. So even the Premier League and those kind of things, like they're saying exactly what it is about. So if you're just trying to be clever and witty and say, oh, no, actually, in a form of gaslighting to say you just don't understand what actually Black Lives Matter means, it's just like, no, you fucking dickheads. It is like you can't boo a peaceful protest, which is about people just wanting to be fucking equal and not wanting to be shot because of the colour of their skin. Like... Have a fucking word with yourselves. And I will say this again, as we have said many, many times before. You're entitled to your own opinions, whatever. But if you're going to decry peaceful protest to promote racial equality and prevent inequality in this fucking world, you can switch off this fucking podcast now. You can unfollow us on Twitter. If you have any form of support for those people that are booing all these clever things, seriously, fuck off now. Pretty straightforward there. Yeah. It's not there's a little room for racism. It's there's no room for racism. So <laughs> fuck you. And as the uh, as a person of color, I'm just going to say I really appreciate you two, Chuck and Ian, for being super cool about this sort of stuff and like particularly aggressively a ally, um, which is awesome because like you're as fired up about this as I am, which is not the case necessarily for other people. Um, so shout out to you guys for being dope. Well, it just feels like that's the that's the base level that should be taken, isn't it? I mean, I know it isn't. It feels like but that, it feels but it's like not. It should, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And why aren't, why aren't the FA just like doing an ever increasing ban? So, right, they've done it once. They they did, did it for maximum impact when they were fans were first allowed back in the stadium. Fine. Fans are banned from Millwall games for five days. And I'm sorry, the Millwall, Millwall fans that don't support this, because there obviously will be ones. But, you know, ban them for five games. And then if they do it again, you ban them for ten games. If they do it again, next season they can't have fans. Just fucking keep lengthening it. And just, like, because they're doing it for provocation. Well, give them provocation and get take away what they want, which is to go to the games and be bellends. I mean, let's just do that. But they won't. They'll get away with it again. No, <sighs> and I, I guess th- this really does highlight, like the need to continue doing this kneeling thing because like even for me after like week eight 
I was like, oh, they're still doing the kneeling thing. That's nice. But like, I kind of stopped thinking about it or stopped paying attention to it. And this is as someone who's like particularly, I think, active about Engaged these issues. on the issue, yeah. Yeah, be- because I am a person of color. So like it very directly affects me. But also like in general, I try to be active and socially progressive about things. Um, but even I was like, oh, they're still doing this? Like, I wonder how long they're just going to keep doing this. They can't just kneel for, for the rest of forever at the beginning of every match, right? And then fucking day one that you get yeah. fans back in, it's like, oh, no, yeah. we yeah. really do have to still be kneeling. Well, that's Look the thing. It's like, it's like, if you want them to carry on doing it, do what you did. It's fine. Carry on. Fucking, it's so dumb. It's I know. And apparently there was some booing at the West Ham game as well, so we should say it's not limited to well, Wall. Yeah, I don't know if it... I haven't seen as much about that if there was any noise, but I've seen some people say they heard stuff. I, I, the FA are investigating Colchester United as well. Um, and I think because they're a lower league. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's the difference. League one is, or League Two? Um, I think they're League Two. Um, the, the slight difference with that is just from the, the club's point of view, Colchester have immediately come out and said, anyone who does that is not welcome at our club. Like, just unequivocally. Now, you know, obviously the fans doing it on whatever. But the, at least the, the Millwall took so long to come out with a statement, didn't even mention the words black or, you know, any, anything, yeah, black yeah. lives matter, nothing like that. It was a very, like, oh. I read through it and it was a very lawyered, like, we're going to make it look like we're kind of apologising and this is what we're doing, but we're not going to expressly yeah. say that our fans booed they very lawyered that shit yeah definitely. and it, you could tell it was horrible yeah yeah and there's one and only one way to be an ally and that is to be a loud ally that confronts other people of the power or um the the group that has that imbalance because like i can rant about it all i want but until other white people start calling out other white people or until other you know cis people start calling out other cis people or until other men start calling out other men on sexism issues like oh it's up to those groups. So for the club to come out and kind of sort of dance around the issue and be like, this wasn't such a good thing. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. No, you need to come out fucking strong. Or don't come at all. Like, yeah, fuck that, you. that's why I just that wanted to do give anything. Colchester some credit. That's, you know, that's in the yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I, w- I didn't even know about that one. So I'm glad you guys brought it to my attention. Shout out to Colchester if they really did come out mm-hmm. super strong on that. So yeah. Anyway, that's enough serious stuff. Let's get back to telling fart jokes about soccer, which takes us to our fixture rundown. Yay! The proverbial fart joke. Newcastle United. (laughs) Yeah. Friday, December 4th, Aston Villa versus Newcastle United. This one was unfortunately called off, as I'm sure most of you know, because of COVID cases. Uh, Newcastle's Premier League game has been postponed following a significant rise. Five Newcastle players and two staff members had tested positive. Um, I believe that has grown. I think that's more now. Yeah, last I heard it was eight playing staff, I think. Yeah, and like the training facilities are still not open, so it's almost certainly a question mark of if will they be able to play next weekend as well. Yeah, it's it's in doubt, definitely. Yeah, no, uh, obviously no soccer to talk about there, but all the best to everyone involved at Newcastle. We make a lot of jokes and stuff, but anyone who has been affected by this situation, you know, we just wish a speedy recovery. And I'm glad that they were smart enough to call it off instead of trying to force Newcastle to play with, like, first of all, five players down, but also, more importantly, who knows who else in their squad would have been... Yeah, I mean, look how fast... And other squads. Yeah, exactly. Look how fast it tore through the training ground uh, among, you know, people who uh, presumably obviously were working together, but you wouldn't assume that they're 
interacting like people who live together are, but it's still tore through the it's still tore through the ground. So mm. there's no way you can separate. You might have people training in bubbles and stuff, but ultimately the, the, this is incredibly contagious. And I don't know what you think, Chuck, but like there's obviously a COVID fatigue setting in in this country now, and, and sort of people get a bit lax on social distancing. I'm sure in the behind the scenes and in a training ground, I'm not I'm not you know singling out Newcastle or anything but I'm sure things get a little bit lax uh, occasionally you know you put it this way you look at the pictures of all the people this week now that they've opened in central London the shopping and everyone's out there right yeah that's what people are doing in broad daylight yeah in uh, knowing that it's massive public spaces of course in private settings as with everything, people go a bit lax because it's the, oh, we'll, I'll be all right. No, because I do this and blah, 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 whatever. And that's just what happens and it rips through, especially coupled with obviously the UK getting the vaccine, which will be for the over 80s or whatever. So you'll get yours next week, Ian. And, um, <laughs> so the, the English over 80 team at the World Cup is going to do great, right? The 121s and the over 80s are going to be great. Absolutely yeah, so, so because of that, it's just another thing where people go, oh, we can forget about it now then. It doesn't matter. Like, there's a vaccine coming. It's fine. So yeah. it's... Not to veer dangerously away from the soccer of it, but like it, it, it I'm fucking exhausted of being vigilant for yeah. however many months it's been, and I'm like way on the extreme end of like paranoid and stuff. Like it, it is exhausting. So you like you do find that temptation to be more lax, um, and you don't even need to go to London. Like you just need to look at your TV screen for all the fans there in all of the matches that had fans this weekend. Half the fans just had their fucking noses out or their entire mask out, like the the mask just down covering their chin but not actually doing anything of what it's supposed to. And, like, people were very clearly singing the whole time. People were, like, very clearly not keeping the proper distance and all that. So, like, you know, of course, this thing is super contagious. And and you also, even with, like, the clubs, the false negative rate on this test is, like, one in three. So even if you're getting negative tests, like, there's a very good chance that you might still have it slash may have given it to someone. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on then to the actual matches. Saturday, December 5th, uh, we kick things off with... Burnley won, Everton won. Burnley 0.8 to Everton's 2.3. I bring this up because it was almost, cue the jingle, but don't actually cue the jingle, Burnley of the week. But anytime that Burnley... Hey, wow, very good, very good. (laughs) Um, Anytime Burnley do a Burnley ing, we should just give them an honorary Burnley of the week. So, you know, (laughs) there's that. But I don't have any takes on this particularly. Everton. I feel like this was more Everton Watfording than Burnley Burnley ing. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair, actually. Yeah, Burnley did 0.7, so they scored one. You're exactly right. Thank you. Very good. Occasionally we get new listeners. Should we explain what Watford it is? No, but you have to play the Burnley of the Week jingle backwards, remember? Oh, God, I forgot that. I haven't got that on the soundboard, definitely not. Well, yeah, for the new listeners, so Burnley Burnley of the Week is simple because Burnley always Burnley up Burnley and everything, and then they Burnley a Burnley. You know what I mean? Yeah, and very straightforward, obviously. So that's that's just self-explanatory, whereas last year, Watford were so Watfordy that they Watforded everything and they couldn't not Watford. And they, would, right. they couldn't even dream of Burnley. Forget it. They just Watforded. I'm fine. <laughs> They Watforded themselves right out of the league, so, you know, it's pretty aggressive. For an actual answer, Burnley is when you get a oh, horribly... Why? Why'd you have to sully it? Okay, okay, fine, 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 I won't. No, let's get Cut it. that completely. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> no, uh, no, explain. <laughs> Burnley is overperforming your XG, so Watford is underperforming your XG. Right, like, there you go. So that's that but, deal. We but, took five seconds. But, 
But it's over. Burnley is overperforming your XG to the point where you get something out of it. Yeah, and right, Watford is underperforming your XG to the point at where you which get relegated. You fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So actually, Chelsea almost Watforded this week because they. Well, we'll get to them. But <laughs> this is a true Watfording from Everton because they did almost a third of their XG to actual goals, and then they lost two points. So anyway, moving on though. <laughs> To Manchester City 2, Fulham 0. Shout out the new Patreon Fulham fan. Unfortunately, not a great result for you. 3.3 to 0.3 on oh, XG. Right. <laughs> I'd say I'd say only losing 2, Neil. You'd take that all fucking day long. Oh, so City are back? Question mark? To be confirmed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Fulham. Interesting that Pep didn't make any subs. Again. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you're playing Fulham. You've got like Champions League matches and all this stuff. You want five subs? Well, at least at least make one. It's not like a reverse protest, mate. <laughs> you can't save them up. <laughs> you go, I use none this week. I can use six next week. I yeah. I mean, not much was required to beat Fulham, but uh, you know, game management was a thing, wasn't it? I felt like it was a, it was a thing on both sides, really, because Fulham managed to keep them down to two nil. Man City managed. <laughs> is that to what win. game management is? Not really, is that how but that works? I think it, you know it gets to a point sometimes when, like Chuck said, everyone was expecting this to be a complete dickin'. So yeah, two nil doesn't feel horrendous. When it's, I will you know. say because obviously Fulham have added a lot of players into that team, and I'm pretty sure most of their back. Like their goalkeeper is new, and I think two out of the four defenders certainly this year are new players. And then they do have a few more in there that are new. Like they've had to bring in a lot of new players, and so it does finally seem like Ariola's he made some great stops, um, some really good saves in there, uh, and the defense is kind of clicking a little bit. Yeah, I mean he was the PSG keeper uh, before insert goalkeeper here Buffon probably, <laughs> um, and was. The second choice France keeper, and just you know, when you're not playing for a while as a goalkeeper, you get the old uh, Joe Hart syndrome. RIP. Um, <laughs> not dead. But yeah, they're, they're really starting to click. So I, <laughs> you know, I'm not as worried about um, uh, about Fulham as before. Having said that, I still think they're going down because <laughs> need goals. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you don't score goals to stay up. Anguisa, Anguisa's good as well. And Ruben, Ruben is starting to Ruben. And he's yeah. beautiful. He's just such a good looking man. Oh, we love Ruben. We love Ruben. I, we have a Patreon that is a Fulham fan now. So we, I will say that I love Ruben and I hope things go well at Fulham. And I'm sad that he isn't at a club other than Fulham. Oh, well done. That last <laughs> Is that not offensive? Was that seconds. still offensive? Damn it. Did I end up there? Hmm. <laughs> Um, as we are talking, I'm actually scrolling back through all of City's results um, to see when the last time they didn't win a match on XG. And that was actually against Leicester on September 27. And then since then, a lot of results have gone obviously against them. But their XG has been higher every time for the last two months. So, you know, for all the talk of crisis, 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 the underlying numbers have been there. And if they can start to get the results to line up with those underlying numbers, then, you know, you're laughing. Well, And that's that's kind of where they're at now. Also, I don't want to say I told you so, but I really do. Um, these, <laughs> the, these fixtures are going to create form. It's, it, they've got such a nice run. And mm-hmm. already within two games, they're now a game in hand and six points behind Tottenham and Liverpool. 
So they win the game in hand and it's three points. It just, it's, it's so, it was so soon to write them off. They had, they have had a bad start, but this fixture run now running into Christmas could just be exactly what they need. And, and, you know, job done, you're back into a title race. Well, and the scary thing with City too is that they still haven't gotten Aguero back. Yeah. And actually, maybe this is going to be a thing all season. Like, maybe they just never will get Aguero back because he's just old and broken and whatnot. Like, oh. But for years now, he's been the best striker in the Premier League. And so if he can be healthy and come back, um, that is obviously a huge upgrade for them. But even without, like, their underlying numbers, they're, you said they're only six points with a game in hand behind the top of the league. They're also only two expected points behind the top of the league, which is a tie between Chelsea and Liverpool. And that's with a game in hand. So, like, on a per 90 expected points basis, they're top of the league. Right up there, yeah. Yeah. So, you know... They're doing all right, and if they can start to get those numbers to line up, then they'll be great. So, I don't know. I I don't want this. I don't want this. I want less good teams so that Chelsea can win the title, not more good teams so that it's harder. I think things are still up in the air. I'm not trying to say Man City's you know problems are solved because I think it's interesting the the different uh, defensive lineups they're playing. Um, I said about on, on one of the FPL mini-pods that I thought Laporte and Diaz looked like they were nailed on as the centre-back pairing. Mm. And then Laporte's been nowhere for the last few games. And um, apparently so, uh, uh, Man City Journal that I follow said apparently uh, Pep was really not happy with Laporte about how he performed in the Spurs game. And since then has just said, putting someone else in and, and until something goes wrong, you're out. And it's sort wow. of... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty pretty harsh when you're talking about a, a centre-back pairing that you'd usually want you know strong and stable um so yeah I'm not saying everything's solved yet but I think with this run with this run of fixtures I think there's there's potential for them to just crack on now uh I mean I'm not saying they're going to dominate because I think Liverpool are doing incredibly well Tottenham are doing incredibly well it's, it's and because uh, you want to hedge your bets I always want to hedge my bets, Chuck. Always. <laughs> uh, they call me the bed hedger. No, the bet hedger. The, the bedwetter. <laughs> the bedwetter there is. <laughs> oh, I knew that was going to go badly for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, what am I saying? Title races are good. Move on. Yeah. Speaking of bedwetters, let's move on to the next fixture. <laughs> <laughs> so you just did it for a link, mate. Just did it for a link. There you go. All right. And we have the... Hmm... Do I give this? Yeah, I do. This is Mr. Stimson. Cue the jingle. Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. That's right. Manchester United are Burnley of the week because we had West Ham 1, Manchester United 3, West Ham 2.5 on XG, so less than half of their actual XG, and Manchester United 1.8 scoring Three, So not quite double, but significantly overperforming Manchester United getting 3-1 win. A real game of two halves this one, I would say, right? Did you guys happen to catch the highlights of this or watch the whole thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Bruno comes on, Man United play well. There we go. Shock. Good good players on pitch. And I I like before the game, because obviously the press conference yesterday, there was no problem. Then before the game, obviously all the FPL nerds are losing their shit, which is dumb because he was always... Always going to come on because Man United were always going to concede first. Like it was just, it was Written decided. And, and before the match is going, oh, well, Bruno's got a foot problem, so I've got to rest him for blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Yeah, of course you fucking have, mate. 
Bollocks. I'm so concerned with my player welfare. Nah, fucking go on, mate. <laughs> We're one nil down. Chuck him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely game of two halves. But West Ham really, like, there was a lot of chance in the first half, as the XG shows. But yeah. um, shout out Sebastian Allaire for um, forgetting how to hold his body up and just crumbling. <laughs> it is like tough. It is tough. After rounding the keeper, just going like, oh no, like someone's let the air out of me. Oh no, I'm down. Oh. And now I'm just going to lie here, contemplate my life. Yeah, that was embarrassing. That was yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> At least there weren't people there to watch. <laughs> um, but Man United with another come from behind win here, calling themselves the comeback kings these days. I've seen that on Twitter about a bajillion times. Um, self-appointed. But I think for all the talk of like, oh, Manchester United, they're back. They're doing really well. They keep coming from behind to winning games. Like, Twist it however you fucking want. <laughs> Great teams just win. That's it. Like There it is. Winning mentality, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just be just be better, guys. Just be better. What, from the start? That's what we're upset about, is it? Well, I just think that that's what you... Like, you can't be proud about, oh, look, we always come back. Basically, we always scrape through by the skin of our teeth because our manager doesn't know how to organise a team and just goes, <laughs> uh, money? Yeah. <laughs> Who cost, which one of you cost the most? I don't. <laughs> they are a perfect example of it's not enough to just spend a lot of money. Because, like, you can spend a lot of money and end up like Manchester United or Arsenal, by the way, who also spend a lot of money. Um, or you can spend a lot of money and end up like Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Uh, and so there is a huge difference. And I think kind of speaking to that is United's underlying numbers because, like, for all the talk of how good they are again and whatever, they're still only 10th unexpected points, uh, which is no good. And they are fifth on actual points, but they're like right in the conversation, one result away from slipping all the way down to, uh, well, you know, Chuck, 11th, right? You're only three <laughs> points behind United, uh, Crystal Palace there. So I don't, I'm not concerned about Manchester United looking good or better again. Like, yes, they're improving, but they're still very far away from the four best teams in England. So I don't really look at them as a team that even particularly as of yet, has a strong case for making the Champions League. Unless they can win it, but, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, gives us a good transition to our next match. What's this one? Oh, look at that. <laughs> Just Chelsea Football Club posting the highest XG of the season so far. Ever. I don't care about the scoreline. It was 4.9 Chelsea on XG to Leeds 1.0. That's all you need to know. I don't care about reality. You just underperforming the Patrick Bamford of football teams. You guys know what I always like to say. Anytime you score five, it's going to be an overperformance on your XG. Like no one actually generates five XG. Well, in this case, scoring three was an underperformance because we generated five XG, which is fucking delightful. Um... Just a second to say to the stupid Chelsea fans out there, of which there are so very many, unfortunately. Um, don't Timo Werner is not a flop. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What's wrong with you guys? That's probably one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on a football pitch, though. <laughs> like the ball, the ball was going in. And yeah, he, he cleared it. <laughs> it was a great goal line clearance. It really was. Um, uh, the commentator said, "Right out, my team." 
Uh, harder harder to miss that one than score it and uh, usually when commentators yeah, say stupid not phrases like that it's not true <laughs> in this case it was a 0.7 xg shot so literally 70 percent likely to go in 30 yeah. percent likely to not go in so it was harder to miss than not didn't even have to make the shot could have just stepped to one side <laughs> also that <laughs> goal uh, but i'm not worried about it you want a striker that is getting those shots because they will go in most of the time. Literally, by the definition of XG, yeah. they will or you'll go kick in most it the of the wrong time. Way. <laughs> or once in a while, you'll kick it the wrong way. Three out of ten times, approximately, in that situation, <laughs> given that position. Um, he's doing great. He's doing great. I love it. He's still got an assist at the end. He got a lot of very high-value chances. They're going to become goals soon enough. Uh, Pulisic scored, which is a fucking delight. And oh, that's nice. He's got a little beard like Ian. He's copying Ian. <laughs> yeah. I think spending all the time around Giroud, he's like, ooh, maybe I'll be more handsome if I try a beard. And it's like, <laughs> nah, but you'll be more handsome if you're Olivier Giroud. The beard isn't what does it. Yeah. This is true. I bet shave then. Um, do you guys have any takes on Chelsea? We've, we've talked them to death at this point. It's exciting. I love them. They're so fun to watch. I think that they might genuinely win the title. It's nice. Good vibes. Jamie Carragher had some good analysis on... Um, Monday night football before the Brighton Southampton game kicked off about um, how Chelsea's defending from set pieces was like chaotic last season and mm. really seems that's to- generous. I think. cross out. I think I think cross out set pieces and just put defending. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, that is fair enough. Defending. This was specifically looking at set pieces and corners, but. Um, that you you conceded more goals than you scored from set pieces. Oh yeah. Um, and then this season, that's a proper reversal of fortune, the like of which you haven't seen since Chelsea last won the title with um, Conte. So it does seem to the, the defending is such a huge part of it, and obviously having your keeper who can actually save shots is a good thing. But, um, yeah, organisation's been a good thing for Chelsea. I mean, Frank seemed to have really managed to drill them, which is not something I thought he'd do. I thought he'd be all flair, but he's actually managed to drill them quite well. Yeah, I think what Frank is doing really well in that case is allowing the people that he has around him who are more equipped for that sort of thing to do their jobs. Um, I'm thinking specifically of Thiago Silva, who has been something like a coach on the pitch, honestly. He's so much older than the rest of everyone around him. And you see it during the matches. Like, he is just telling... He's super much... That's not a word. Super much. Yeah. He's super much bossing people around. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to try to, like, save that and then just be like, cut it. I'll say it again. But, like, whatever. He's super much bossing people around. He's doing such a good job of organizing them. What a good manager should do. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tiago on the pitch organizing. Really a huge difference. And I think you spoke to something that is where I'm at, which is that it really, really, really does feel like a title-winning season. Well, you've spoken enough about your team. <laughs> ah, Chuck, come on. Can, come we, on. Just, can we just get on to the next trick star? <laughs> all right, all right. I can't deny I'm fine. Sunday, December 6th, <laughs> the most exciting match of the weekend. It wasn't. But West Brom won, <laughs> Crystal Palace 5. West Brom 0.6 to Crystal Palace is... 1.7, Chuck. Christian Benteke does a double on you, mate. Fucking announce relegation. <laughs> it is it is my rule as well, yeah. remember. So firstly, score four goals. Game's over. Automatic win. Game should have been done, right? Secondly, if you score less goals than Palace in a week, relegated. Every team <laughs> is now relegated from the Premier League. No more. We are automatic de facto champions and we get 
the next six months off. <laughs> hmm. It's uh, groundbreaking, but it might work. It might just work. That's how you stay COVID safe, baby. Newcastle will thank us. Um, <laughs> Season's over. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about SAN Zaha for a second? Because they looked fantastic together. That's what I noticed watching the match. Yeah. I mean, Shot Cora put the one player who does everything in the team back into the team and the team does stuff. Um, so, no, I will not say that Hodgson did a good job this week. Um, <laughs> starting Benteke was good because... Like I said the other week, when we play early and he is used as a focal point for the attack, if you are playing crosses, he will be there. Um, even if he just walks into those positions against the West Brom defence and there's scores for them, it's great. But that, as a triangle, almost works really, really well. And Zaha and Eze, it's very clear that they've got a good, um, like similar on similar wavelengths very, very quickly. And he and Zaha has said that, that he feels that he knows what Eze's going for, what he's going to try to do, how he's going to play. And Eze going to pass? Eze going to score? I don't know. But Zaha <laughs> seems to know. Zaha. Um, yeah, and then using Benteke as that kind of, that pivot point for both of them as well to play off of and him just being there is, is a much more productive way of doing it. And so, yeah, no, it's re- it's really really good to see that, um, see what we can do. But that's why it's so frustrating, and that's why I stand by what I said with the after the Newcastle and the Burnley games and those absolute shit losses. You're like, okay, yes, it is against West Brom. Yes, it ended up being against ten men, but I have seen Palace countless, countless, countless times because we can't break teams down of losing games in that situation going you know, open themselves up for the sucker punch and losing against 10 men more times than I can uh, remember and 100, 100% more than um, winning in those situations or even converting it into points sometimes. And so when it becomes as simple as add Zaha back in, goals and wins, you know, he forced the own goal at the beginning, then he, he got the second, I think, question mark, and the third we need we need more of this, but it needs to be able to happen in other ways as well. There needs to be something else that when he's taken out of the team, we don't only win two in seventeen games. Yeah, and that yeah. would be nice. But there are there are very good things to see, and um, good vibes. How Goals. old is Eze? Twenty one. Okay, so he genuinely gives me like young Zaha vibes. I don't know that obviously he's going to reach that level because that's very hard to do. Few players are as good as Zaha has been. Mm. Um, but the way he moves and the way he reads the game, and especially if he's only 21 or 22, like that's that's younger than I thought you were going to say. I get what you mean, but he's a very different, like, I would say Zaha is much more direct and is, he's definitely quicker and always has been quicker okay. um, than most and would charge at people and take them on. Whereas I think Eze does it more in a, like there are a few times where he actually took like, placed the pass, took a step back to then travel horizontally and then with a second pass that he then received is just clear out like five West Brom defenders in one go um, and then he also does have that trickery where like there, there's a great highlight if you find it where Conor Gallagher was on him and he just sent him for a fucking bath <laughs> like Eze, I don't think Eze moved wider than a maybe a one and a half two yard circle in direction when he was chopping and changing with back to Gallagher and he just cut back one time and Gallagher was like 10 yards gone on the floor 
and just like gave up. Like literally just stopped marketing. <laughs> just didn't even try and come back. Just I'm just gonna go back here and reclaim my soul that has left my body. Um, <laughs> so I think it's it's more exciting because he is like Zaha. However, I think he's further along than Zaha was at that age. Okay. All right. If you see what I mean. So that's why it's quite exciting. And it's just whether that then they do stay together because Zaha's having the kind of season now that does put him back in the shop window. Um, whatever it is, seven goals, eight assists, two assists, sorry. Um, seven goals, two assists, something like that. That, you know, now in January, potentially you would then get the bids again because people see, oh, right, he is worth that. But, you know, it just proves what he is worth to us. So it would be like 78 billion. That's what you want to bid. Um, we should briefly touch on, I am the caveat king, so I'll throw the caveat on this win out there, which is that it was against 10 men. You mentioned that Palace have struggled against 10 men historically in the past. That is 100% true. But in general, playing against 10 men is easier. So there is a bit of a grain of salt with the five goals there. But I, the only reason I bring this up is because the announcer, at least that we had on our feed, was mm. like all outraged that this was given as a red card. It was like, oh, it's so soft. Oh, he was just falling down. Blah. I'm like, he kicked upwards. That's not a natural motion. And sure, maybe he didn't like make that hard of a contact. Maybe it wasn't as bad as like Sun last year on Rudiger, which was like really aggressive. Mm. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went. He like moved his foot not in a natural way towards that person's midriff. Whilst making is... eye contact with the other player, basically, <laughs> like he was looking at him. Yeah. So he knew what he was doing. That's obviously a red. And if if you're like, oh, game's gone, mate, which is what the fucking announcer was, like, fuck you. That's a red card. Shut up. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it is because it's the, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's the intent behind it. Correct. That, and, that, and that's what it should be. And why we can, you know, I'm sure this will come up later with some of the Harry Kane stuff and blah, 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 blah whatever, and professional fouls and dementia linkage and all, all kinds of stuff that's going on in the game. But the simple fact is, unless you take the action penalise them and get them off the pitch and especially like if I'm Slavin Bilic in that situation like regardless of the fact he's got a three match ban like he's fucking in the doghouse yeah like, massively yeah like he's because you're like look at the position we're in you're one of our most talented and creative players and I'm pretty sure Pereira was last year for them in the championship and in a game where Based on our previous two results, like they would fancy themselves and wanted to get something, and he does something stupid and petulant like that, yeah, like that. That in and of itself is merits just the red card in in the way that it's like you need to go have a fucking word with yourself now, mate, and understand that like you're in a, a bad position here potentially if you don't sort out this, you know, and, and start winning points in games, and you're gonna kick out a defender and not even do it properly. Like, you know, didn't even try to just fucking injure him at least. Like, you know what I mean? Like, go <laughs> nope. for it. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we need to repent on that. No, nope. no, 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 not at all. But you know, you're, you're, you're doing something that is an in, intentionally trying to harm someone who does the same job as you. Like I couldn't just go in the kitchen and just like, like yeah. cut a chef's finger that was working next to me so that oh, he has to go home. Now I get to work this. You know what I mean? Like it's, it was so weird as well. It looked, it, it looked like he almost realized as he was doing it, how fucking stupid it was. Yes. That is, I think why the contact wasn't harder. Like yeah. he, he caught himself, but it was already too late that, what was it? Someone like stepped up to the referee. We talked about it. I think it was in the champions league. Like, 
They got two yellows for dissent within like five seconds of each other. I don't know if you guys vaguely remember me talking about this. I completely forget who it was, but like... Uh, uh, Arturo Vidal. Yes, thank you. Nice. Perfect. Excellent recall there, Chuck. Um, he, similar situation, like... Probability stated it would have been him. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing the percentages. Him, Rajanangalan, <laughs> or Luis Suarez. Yeah, 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 that's true. But he got all heated and he like went up to the ref and looked like he was going to like, you know, that thing that they do where they like put their foreheads up against each other and they pretend that they're going to fight, but they don't actually do anything. He started to do that. And then after like a tenth of a second was like, wait, shit, this is the referee. I should stop this. But it doesn't matter. That was already too late. Like as the referee, you can't have someone step up to you in an aggressive manner. In a, in a implying violence and then like fuck it I don't care that he caught himself it's too fucking late that's a red yeah, card yeah. get yeah. out of here so uh, but speaking of getting out of here let's move on then to Sheffield 1 Leicester 2 do you care about this I don't care about Leicester honestly oh Jamie Vardy done a goal Jamie Vardy fly kicking uh, corner flag yeah. not enjoy that yeah no not no. really no just hips up on vodka just smashing over a corner flag he Let's fucking hates Sheffield United because he's a Sheffield Wednesday fan that's what you get for having the cheap corner flags that don't just fall over now <laughs> although he did run the risk of like just severing his femoral yeah, artery really with, fucking like, dumb shards. yeah stupid <laughs> so much it. skills vodka but Vardy Vardy get a Vardy and the fact that he has the energy to do that in the 92nd minute of a fucking football game right. it's just so funny oh I've scored I've created a thing what can I destroy <laughs> <laughs> must bring balance to the universe yeah. order from chaos no um, Chris Wilder continues to uh, charge towards possibly being the first manager to lose his job because fucking point, hell one point out of 33 oof Chris Wilder's quotes were brilliant as well. Uh, the Blades boss said he's got the arse ache with repeating the same things over and over again <laughs> and bemoaned his side's decision-making. He did nearly <laughs> say fucked in the press co- in the post-match as well. <laughs> it's like, and then shit. just each week, we just keep getting fucked. We keep just getting destroyed. <laughs> it was David picked up on it in Match of the Day. I've got the arse ache with people saying it all the time about fine lines. We're a losing team at the minute and I'm the manager of a losing team. Whether it is cruel or deserved, we've got to make the right decisions. It's just got yeah. the arse ache. There you go. Well, speaking of an arse ache, huh? hey! and a manager that should be worried about his job, we move on to the Literally North London Derby. three transitions ever. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Tottenham 2, Arsenal 0. Tottenham 0.4 to Arsenal 0.6. Jo- Boys, they added up to 1.0 XG between the two of them. <laughs> oh Jose's God. back. Jose's back. <laughs> yeah. How did Arsenal not... But I thought Arsenal done 44 crosses. Right, and that <laughs> means that they should have scored 44 goals, right? Crossing is the most efficient way to generate chances. <laughs> not cutbacks, not counterattacks, just crosses against the set defense. That's how you win titles. Yeah, but they've got a big target man up front, haven't they? Lacazette. He's, what, like, <laughs> five foot I think seven? Kane cleared about 22 of them. <laughs> he was he was all over the place. He was unbelievable, Kane. Yeah, definitely more of those crosses ended up on Harry Kane's head than Arsenal player <laughs> Yeah, without a doubt. At what point do we worry about Jose's Mourinho-ing continuing to... Is it... Well, how am I phrasing this? Is this sustainable... Spoiler alert, the answer is no, but I'm giving you guys a chance to answer this. Is Jose's tactics, do they be sustainable for a long time? <laughs> one, one you the Premier League a couple of fucking times. Hey. Now if you prick. Yeah. Pragmatism. <laughs> it's pragmatism. Because, he, no, because 
I think with Jose, it's not just about earning points against the other teams. It's about stopping them from getting points. Like, you see what I mean? Like, he he's so warped in the way he wants to approach games that he like he doesn't go into it to get points. He goes into them to stop other teams from getting points. <laughs> yeah. So if he, can, if he can, like, stink it up with nil-nils... Driven against, by malice. Yeah, it's brilliant. But, he, you know, and then he goes on saying, like, oh, we are just ponies. In in a league of horses, <laughs> we are just ponies. Um, what was the other fucking amazing quote? He was just like, "Yeah, Mikel Arteta. I can see he's learnt a lot from Pep." Yeah, but oh. both both they both lost to my Spurs team two 0 <laughs> like, So much so. Oh, I love it though. I really love this Jose. This Jose is good. Yeah, Jose, fun Jose is back definitely. Oh, I've been telling you for years that you would love Jose if he was at your club, and this is really oh, just hundred percent. Yeah, they're not going to keep scoring with their first two shots every match. That's not sustainable. Yeah, they are. You know, I give it to Yeah, but Kane and Son are pretty fucking good. <laughs> they're so good. Oh fuck, I fucking hate this so much, you guys. I fucking hate every second of this shit. Fuck them. Fucking Spurs. I don't want them to be fucking good. I want Chelsea to be the only good team, Liverpool to be a good team, but Hurt and City to be in crisis, 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 and Spurs be in fucking eighth place where they fucking belong. But instead, they are one of the best teams in the fucking country because Jose's Joseing and they got the best out of Kane and they got... Oh. Do you think any of Arsenal's starting eleven would get into Tottenham's starting eleven? No! Not a fucking chance. Like it's that's the thing though, isn't it? It's that emphatic because I don't think there's a chance that any of them get into Tottenham starting eleven, and you, you'd only be Not going a few moment. seasons. No, Not the moment, yeah, exactly. Like the the most talented player at Arsenal is Aubameyang, and he wouldn't get into Spurs' front three at the minute. No, and that's with that's with Bale on the bench. I don't think. <laughs> If we're looking at the big six, quote-unquote, because we still have to consider Arsenal a big team, I guess. Um, Do we? How much longer? There's got to be a fucking shelf life on that, surely. Is it not like once open, discard within three years? Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, what I was going to say is that like of the, other, of the five other big teams, like would Arsenal's starting 11, would any of them break into any of those 11s? They're not breaking... like ignoring injury and the whole fucking situation at Liverpool right now with all the injuries, right? Like, a healthy 11, is there a single Arsenal player that would play for Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea, or City? Even injury-riddled Liverpool would still, like, the kids from their academy still (laughs) over the Arsenal defence. 100%. Maybe Burnt Leno. Is he still at Arsenal? I I don't fucking care about Arsenal. I've, I've, like, completely tuned out. How does Arteta (laughs) still have a job? Well, especially when when you come out with uh, one of my favourite quotes ever... Of I don't know what else we can do. If we can't score goals, we cannot improve our situation. Like that is your job to figure out, mate. <laughs> yeah, and that that would be acceptable if they were missing loads of chances. Right. But they're not creating the chances, and that literally is his job to you know. Yeah, I totally accept. One, if uh, the team has created a chance and the striker fluffs it, there isn't a lot you can do about that other than make him fucking practice shooting but I mean what else the strikers doing in training mm. you're not creating any chances that is literally your job to make sure this team is set up for that you know we we said a while ago and wound up Adam that they were overperforming their numbers for so long this is I mean Oscars this isn't true but this is regression to the mean man this is just you paying it back <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> 
Nothing annoys me as much as when you miss. I know it's great. Uh, use <laughs> the term aggression to the mean, like and what's it brilliant really is I does get exactly, under my skin. I know exactly what I'm doing every time, and what really annoys you is you know, know exactly I know you that know. I know what it means. It annoys you more that you know he knows. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but forty-four crosses, eleven shots, point six xg. Yeah, and to build off of that, instead of commenting on Chuck's misuse of <laughs> aggression to the mean, um, here's a really funny stat relating to their ability to generate high quality chances. On XG, Arsenal are currently 15th in the league, and they are behind Chuck's Crystal Palace. Look, look, look. And hey, hey. famously, one point, Sheffield United. Yeah, that's bad. Sheffield <laughs> United have done more XG than Can me. I just say, Man City started scoring goals and got ahead of us, so we went, oh shit, we better put five past West Brom, and now we scored the same number of goals as Man City again. So have a fucking word with yourself. I don't even care that they've got a game in hand. That's shameful. Shameful, Guardiola. Fraud. Bald fraud. Get out. What a pivot. What an amazing pivot. <laughs> Uh, well, I do thank you guys for taking the conversation away from Tottenham into how bad Arsenal mm. are. But Shout out Hector Bellerin. More foul throws this year than Aubameyang has goals. Hey. <laughs> Kurt Zuma, I think, would be the top leading goal scorer on Arsenal, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Score more than the whole team. How fucking hilarious is that? But I think you, what you mentioned there, though, Oscar, that is the story of this game. Uh, and, I mean, did anyone expect anything less than this result? Because I don't think anyone did. It, it was, I think... Um, I heard Jim on the Football Ramble say how he thought it was um, a show of respect that Jose had, um, what was it, like, scored the scored two and then um, decided that they they were, yeah, shut up shop and they're not going to go mad like they did against Man United. But it's absolutely the opposite. It's because they showed no danger whatsoever. I'm pretty sure Jose said after his match, he was just like, why open yourself up for stuff when you can just stay exactly as you are and not... Not concede. No, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about you watching at home. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, it make points. That's it. I got my points. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He basically laughed and was like, "Why would I make it easier to lose?" Yeah. And like, uh, no, I don't fucking care about you guys. But to like very briefly do the Spurs side of it, I think that I was saying before that this has like title winning vibes from Chelsea having been along the ride for many title winning seasons. This also has title-winning vibes from Tottenham. Like, having watched Jose Jose his way to a bunch of titles, like, this is how it starts. And so it's really scary to me that there are two teams that are, like, strongly playing title vibes. And, like, you know, in the narrative sense, you're like, oh, they're going to win the league. And then there's two teams that are probably better than them. And so it's just like, what the fuck is going to happen? It's a big question mark. Um, but we should transition then to the one of those teams that is probably better than them, certainly when healthy. And that is Liverpool 4, Wolves 0, Liverpool 1.6 to Wolves 0.4 on XG. So a wild overperformance by Liverpool to score 4 there. They didn't even generate as much as Crystal Palace. But once again, injury-riddled Liverpool. They had their backup keeper in this time. They didn't even have Allison, let alone Van Dijk and Trent. And they still like very, very comfortably put away a Wolves team who had who were looked fantastic last year, and less so this year, but still. Yeah, I I mean I think his first name's pronounced Key Keevan Keeman. No, I'm Queef King. That's how I'm Queef pronouncing King. It. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Should we just so, say Kelleher? Yeah. Kelleher. Um, yeah. He looked fantastic. He made some really, really good saves. That's why I was surprised Like when Wolves' XG was so low but because they were getting shots off and they had their chances, certainly in the first half at least. 
Um, <clears throat> but they just defensive mistakes and obviously the own goal came from a defensive mistake from Semedo not tracking back and then you know putting it in himself and just yeah it doesn't seem like the well-oiled machine that Wolves have been Mm. and Liverpool you know with the injuries and those kind of things like all the young players that have come in they've all just been fantastic like they've just known what to do you've got who have you had like um, Phillips Neko Williams, Kelleher, um, Curtis Jones, and some others. Um, I don't know anymore. And uh, it's because those are the ones written in front of me. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but, it's, but it's like class of 92 vibes, man. Like Liverpool is just all of a sudden producing all this excellent talent that you're like, I've never heard of that person before. And then you watch them play a game and they go, oh, that's why they play for Liverpool. Uh, do you reckon this like enforced... Uh, bringing through of young talent because of injury isn't necessarily a bad thing because you so often get teams have that title winning hangover and like you know young talent is always going to be thirsty to prove itself you know so maybe it's not a bad thing everyone was saying there might be I mean even after the title was sewn up and Project Restart happened Liverpool didn't quite look the same because they're you know that they'd won the title they knew it so they took their foot off the gas mm. and that could have happened this season but maybe this sort of enforced um thing with the young talent having to come through because of injury isn't necessarily a terrible thing for them as they you know all I can't think of any of the young players that haven't acquitted themselves really well yeah it's a good point like it's it's kind of like almost the same thing as obviously Chelsea had last year with having to play the academy players because they couldn't sign anyone it's kind of the same effect, it seems like. And so now, like, they're just rolling with it and add, adding in people as they go. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold's back and first thing he does is, is play the yeah. beautiful inch-perfect pass um, that causes the, the own goal uh, from Semedo. I do... I, I, Klopp's an annoying bastard and I'm getting sick and okay. tired of his whinging about everything. <laughs> Why? Oh, if it's not the wind, it's the rain. If it's not the rain, it's the sun. <laughs> If it's not the sun, it's, it's Chris five Wilder. subs, or it's Chris Wilder, yeah, or it's. You mentioned Des him Kelly. again in a presser the other day. Des, yeah, they've got mad beef going on. They keep mentioning each yeah, other. It's great. So it seems like I would it. definitely back Wilder in the fight. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Nah, Klopp seems like he would like poke eyes and bite. Like he seems like he would fight dirty. I'm just saying. No, that's Wilder, that man. Wilder would take your kneecaps out straight up. He's got a knuckle duster in the pocket, definitely. <laughs> okay. Nails, nails through a baseball bat. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just whinging. Um, but yeah, this this Liverpool team, it's hard. And that when they play well, it's like, fuck, yeah, they're actually yeah, quite good. It took me three years to admit it, all right, Liverpool fans? Just get, get over it, all right? Get over it, guys. Finally admitted it. Yeah, yeah. okay, I like Liverpool. There you go. Most you're going to get. That's it. That's all there is to it. I think we're we're strap in for a fucking great title race this year. Like genuinely, I'm, I'm so happy with how this season's going. As a neutral, I just yeah love it. Um, but that that's it for the fixtures. I don't know what's going on with today's match. We're recording Monday, so it's one all at the minute with 15 minutes to go. Uh, one one. Yep. You said yep. one one. Who scored? Hey, Vestergaard scored and Ward Prowse assisted. Nice. Both of those guys are in my Fantrax team, so that is delightful. Good. And uh, you shouldn't own Brighton players. We'll just keep going. And while we talk about fantasy, let's talk about fantasy football. Because I'm doing well this week and that's how it works. And I get excited. How well are you doing? How well are you doing? Because this is sickening. I am on 80 points. 
at the moment. And hey, so are the stats robots. Yeah, but I've got eight points coming off Fucking... the bench. Oh, okay. Jesus 71 with eight Christ. points off the bench. 88 points, yeah. What about you, Mr. Stimson? How are you doing? Uh, um, I am on 69 plus three, so 72. Maths. Still a good score. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a bad score, but and it's a green arrow, but you've absolutely trounced me this week. It's captain choices, man. Like, it, yeah. it, it makes or breaks your week. I mean, obviously, Zaha, a lot of people transferred him out, but I had him. I had the captain on Sun, and I had Kane. And then, like, Werner got an assist. Calvert-Lewin got a goal. Uh, Robertson yeah. got a clean sheet. Mares got a bonus point and a clean sheet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My not owning Kane really hurt me this week, definitely. Yeah. Because... Yeah, I mean, the Sun's goal was assisted by Kane, so my jump wasn't as big as I would have liked. And then when it was reversed, just even though I got the assist from Sun, I ended up going down in rank. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, you don't uh, need a model to tell you that those are the two best players right now. So, But if you did sign up at patreon.com slash offside at the stats robot level, then you could have a model built by yours truly. Pod. What happened? Did I get it wrong again? Yeah, you, yeah, you got it wrong, wrong again. God yeah. damn it, I was trying to do a plug. Oh, well. <laughs> patreon.com slash miles offside pod there you go so yeah I, I'm a little bit upset FPL wise to not be beating you this week that's yeah that puts you back within three points of me so yeah the tit for tat that is our head to head league yeah yeah tit for tat a little bit upsetting um, I mean what, what are you do you own you don't own Salah do you no I do now you do now uh, yeah I got bored of my team a bit yeah yeah and so I got Mara's in last week and I thought nah not bothered anymore um, so got rid because <laughs> I got rid of him. I got rid of Werner because I'm not having I'm not having strikers in my team that play back passes. Not having. <laughs> it's just not happening. Two inches from goal, you're playing a back pass, mate. I'm sorry. I know you want to help out your team. <laughs> Maybe get a few assists going, get some confidence. Nah, just stop that. So got rid of Werner. I got rid of Mares, and I got rid of uh, Click, uh, who is. Well, I got him from Leeds because he takes the penalties, but Leeds don't win penalties. They just either score goals or they don't score goals. Um, so never mind that. They'll get a penalty next week. And I got Salah in. I got Watkins in because Villa are am good and will have two double game weeks whenever. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And I got Podence in because he's a midfielder playing striker at the minute and I could afford oh, it. Okay. So I'm already on minus eight for next week. So there you go. I've given you a little advantage. Well, I'm already on minus four. Oh, um, what have you done? Yeah, yeah. So I I went um, Rodriguez to Jota, and um, I've gone KDB to Salah. Uh, it's the only way I could get Salah in. Mm. Uh, and I think You're I'm not just a bit worried ca- that KDB to Salah could be a bit sideways, like. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I think I'm um, because I've still got my wild card. So if it all goes tits up, I can still wild card. Oh, okay. But also, um, so I have to use my wild card after game week 15 anyway, so that's four more games. I am happy captaining Salah in all four games, so it feels all right to me. But, I mean, I might panic next week and get KDB back in. I mean, I could do that <laughs> if I've got no other problems. But with the wild card in the pocket, I feel like I can do stuff like that, and it doesn't matter if you know if it all goes wrong. I can just click the button and blow it all up. Yeah, it's almost like it's just a game, and you can just do it next year as well. That's fine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 just game, yeah. yeah. Speaking of games, uh, we decided to do a little giveaway for all of you, considering the festive season is upon us and 2020 has been a bit of a shitter. So uh, we thought we'd alleviate a little bit of that by giving away a brand new copy of FIFA 21. 
Um, no one's given us this for free, the bastards. Um, so we're buying it to give to one of you lucky listeners. Um, and it can be on any console or computer of your choice. So all you need to do is head to our Twitter page, give us a follow at Miles Offside Pod, and find the pinned tweet, uh, which has the FIFA 21 giveaway. And you just need to like and retweet that specific tweet. Um, as long as you've done all three of those things, you'll be entered. It will be drawn at random in two weeks' time, a week time, I don't know, time, uh, on Saturday the 19th, question mark. Yeah, why not? Saturday the 19th at uh, 12 p.m.-ish. Depends if I sleep in or not. And uh, we'll get that wangled over to you ASAP, hopefully before Christmas, so you can play it. And speaking of games... It's a jingle here for the bluff. Oh, do the, do the music. Do the... Do the <laughs> so, those who know, I just did it in the jingle. You're welcome. Uh, <coughs> we rotate between us in a complicated round robin each week, and uh, we put out a question to which there is a specific number of answers. The competitors then take turns bidding, seeing how many they can name. Whoever gets called has to name that many. And we will start this week, uh, let's say Oscar. Because it always seems like Ian gets to go first, and I'm not about that life. So, <laughs> Oscar, you may pick, uh, I mean, however you'd like to identify the questions, I don't know. Seven. <laughs> seven, okay, Fuck question no. seven. Uh, Just do that's... modular counting, so start at one and then go all the way around until you get to number seven. Yeah, I know what modular is. Um, okay. <laughs> Good, because I don't. I don't. Uh, let's do, in 2019... The United Nations World Tourism Barometer, uh, which measures the all kinds of things to do with tourism and travel throughout the planet of Earth, um, ranks countries by the number of tourist arrivals. So the total number of tourists. Oh, I have got okay. the top 15. So the top 15 most popular vacation destinations. These are countries, not cities or, I don't know, however many other caveats oh. you want to put on it. Oh, countries. Okay, that countries, changes it a lot, actually. Yeah. Not cities. So, <laughs> 15. The top 15, please. Ian's already writing stuff down, even though that is explicitly against the rules of the game. Against Every the fucking week. You have literally no way of stopping him. I know. I know. <laughs> not, against the, not against the rules. There's no charter. <laughs> I mean, you it know. is. I made the rules. It's my game. I'm <laughs> telling you it's against the rules. Not, not interested. I need to write things down. Otherwise, I won't be able to name 15 Oh, he countries. needs to write down the answers he's not going to give because he never answers <laughs> yeah, <one>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say five. I'll start off the bidding at five. I think I can name five most traveled two countries. Okay, five. Any advance on five? Ian of House Stimson. Shout out as well uh, that we don't mention this, that there's an Ian in the Premier League now. Ian Watch. Ian Poveda Ocampo. He plays for Wolves. That's a good Ian as well. Yeah, strong Ian. Uh, Tune in next week for next week's Ian of the Week. I like that. Yeah, it's a good Ian. (laughs) So Ian bid six. Uh, Oscar, advance on six. Uh, I'll go seven, sure. 
Oh, I just realised if I keep talking, uh, it cuts out your sound, so I should yeah. probably stop that. I bid ages ago. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Have you got eight? Or are you... Eight. Eight. Oscar, he's higher than he's ever gone. He's starting to get know, nosebleed. I know, I know. I'm really tempted, but like he gave us 30 Beatles songs off the dome, so like... <laughs> yeah, that, that one was just like big dick energy, like 30. But... Yeah, that was amazing. How many Beatles songs can you name? 48. What? <laughs> That's your opening bid? Uh, this compilation album, in order. Uh, I'll go nine. Is that what we're up to on the bid? I'll go nine. nine. Ian Stimson, double figures. Ooh, for a double figure. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to crap out again because you you don't like it when I do that. Mm. Um, there's fifteen. There's more countries than that. There's more countries um, than fifteen. But I've just um, like copy pasted fifteen. Yeah, ten. Ten. <sighs> I mean, I gotta let him go for it, right? He's never bid this high before, Mister Simpson. Let's take it away. <laughs> I want to hear you say ten. I'm yes. so excited. There's no way you can't not, right, Ian? Ten of the top fifteen international tourist arrivals by country of destination. Okay. Uh, USA. Ding. They are third. Damn. Uh, UK. Ding. Tenth on the list. India. Boom. Oh. India is not from memory. I think I thought someone would say that. I think it's about seventeenth. Oh. Eighteenth. I got one. I got one. North Macedonia. <laughs> Minus you one can't point. cut that news segment now. <laughs> um, yes, so uh, <sighs> one point there for Oscar. Um, can I try to throw a few out there? Yeah, go, go, quick. Yeah, I've got Let's a few it. more, um, but fuck. Italy. Fifth. China. Yeah, I had China. France. First. There it is. First. Yeah. What's number two? Damn it. Russia? Stoke. No. Oh, Thailand. <laughs> Thailand. Thailand is eighth. Fuck. Okay. Nepal. Oh. Yeah, what? a lot of people want to go see the Everest. Yeah, I'm sure they that's do. That's where you go. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out. I don't know. So clearly that's not one. Yeah, Fine. no, that's that's a weird <laughs> pull as well. Um, I'm just going to go for it. So 15th okay. is Portugal. 14th is Malaysia. 13th, Greece. We're big 12th. in Malaysia. We're we big are in Malaysia. Fucking huge. Always in, in the charts. Um, 12th is Austria. 11, Japan. 10, hmm. UK. 9, Germany. Eight Thailand, seven Mexico, six Turkey, five Italy, four China, three USA. Second Greece. is Spain. Spain. Or was Spain? And I'm first surprised at how many just European France. countries there are. Okay. Got, well, Europe's got this glamorous ideal for some reason. Yeah. We don't, I mean, we don't want to be a part of it, but never no. Damn, that's <laughs> no, genuinely no that. insane. Though there's so many places in the U.S. If it's just sheer volume, like you would think that U.S. would have Spain beat just like New York alone let alone all the other cities. But that's crazy, man. I guess a lot of people go to Spain. It's all the shit British people that go to the Spanish islands five times a year. Yeah, that's true. They won't be able to anymore. (laughs) Good times. Right, so one point to Oscar. Uh, Ian's never taking a category again, you know, by the way. No, never again. (laughs) I only took that one, or I only bid as high as I did because I know you were upset with me and I I had some written down. So I'm just upset that my third answer was fucking 17th. Mind games. Mind games, Ian. Yeah, yeah, you got in. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have done it, yeah. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to make you angry in this game I'm competing against you in. <laughs> Jose would be so disappointed in you, Ian. Jose would be so angry. Oh, he folded. Okay. 
he, he literally, and you fucked it as well, Oscar, now, because he will genuinely never do another question. Uh, but it's Ian's pick. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he just picked, so just pick a number and I'll pick this <laughs> one. Right just the first question. <clears throat> okay, so I had to update this uh, earlier, because I, A, because I forgot, and B, because I wanted up-to-date uh, information. So, 13... Football players this season have scored five or more goals in the Premier League. Um, I have not counted the current game which is going on, um, <laughs> but from memory, I don't think that affects anything. I don't know. Ings has scored a penalty. He just... <laughs> oh, Ings is back. That's nice. Good yeah, we started on the bench, but he's come on and scored. Yeah. Oh, bless him. That's good to hear. Okay. Anyway, so, but I haven't counted this game. So okay. I need the 13 players that have scored five or more. What I will say is, I mean, not that this helps you in any way, shape or form. There are about eight or nine players that are on four goals. Oof. Okay. Right. So that's why I cut it about there. So how many of the 13 players that have scored five or more goals this season in the Premier League? Can you name? Uh, I will go uh, six. Yeah. Oscar. I'm thinking, but I'm not writing my answers down, Ian. I'm trying Good to think you. through them in my head. What do you want, uh, medal? I'll say seven. Eight. Eight. Yes. Shit. Uh, I also picked 13 because if it gets that high, Oscar won't not be able to take the whole category. That's 100% correct. And I don't <laughs> like that I'm on the odd numbers already. <laughs> if you go 12, Ian, he'll go 13. That's yeah. that's probably true. I also was just looking at this list like a couple of days ago, but yeah, I'll go nine. I'll go nine. Ian? Twelve. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Ruthless aggression! Oh, well, uh, that'll be rewarded with strategy. Fuck you, take the twelve. Oh. <laughs> okay. Mind games, right. you can't predict me. I've got twelve written down. I'll be upset Course if any of them are wrong. Uh, DCL. Ding! 11 goals. Kane. Ding! 8 goals. Son. Ding! 10 goals. Bruno Fernandes. Ding! 17 penalties. <laughs> 7 goals. Vardy. Ding! 9 goals. Bamford. Ugh, unfortunately. Ding! <laughs> 8 goals. Your boy Ings. Ding! Five goals. Six Ooh. with tonight. Your boys are, huh? My boy indeed. Ding! Seven oh. goals. Ian, you're doing better than I thought you would on this category. It's fantasy football, mate. Yeah. Fantasy football. Grealish. Ding! Five goals. Jota. Ding! Five oh. goals. Damn, I thought that was going to get him. Mares. Boom! Yo, no, Morris hasn't scored that much. Are you out of your mind? He scored he... a hat trick the other day. Yeah, that was the only games he scored in. Oh, Ian, you had three left to get. Ollie Watkins, oh, no. dude. Ollie Watkins, who you have in your oh. fantasy football team, and yeah. Mohamed fucking Salah. Did you say Callum Wilson? Callum Wilson, yes, seven. So those were the last three. Salah. Damn it. This guy goes oh, Mares instead of Salah. Fucking stupid. Mares, you. You, oh my you god! You chucked yourself. Oh, and I've just looked. Mares is on four goals. 
Oh, he's <laughs> so we're so incredulous. Yeah, yeah, he was one away. That's close. That's close. Yeah, uh, the the other ones that could have sucked you in were uh, Verna, Mane, Ward Prowse. Uh, they're all on four. Zuma right. is on four. Uh, Raul Jimenez is on four as well. <laughs> Zuma's on four. Zuma, Zuma, that classic. Who you, yeah, no Chelsea player in that. It is interesting. Sharing oh, the love. Sharing the love. Yeah. Well, there we go then. Uh, well, at least I had a go. At least you had a go. <laughs> you could have had a better go. But... Yeah, you could have had a better go. Fucking hell, Salah. <laughs> Can we get the third category just for fun? I, I, w- I win the week, so. Yes, you do win the yeah. week. Oscar wins the week, which makes it 3-2-1. And uh, so the last one is kind of similar to the first one, in fact. Um, there is something that was around a few years ago, or well, it's still going. It was called the Quality of Life Index. It's now called the Where to Be Born Index, mm. uh, which is by the Economist God, Intelligence gross. Unit. <laughs> uh, so effectively, what they do is they aggregate things such as life expectancy, political freedom, equality, earnings, climate, job security, all kinds of different things to effectively come up with the best order in which countries are good and shit. Um, so I've got the top 20 that are on this list. So how do you want to do it? Do you want to actually bid properly? or do No, you want no, to no. Let's just throw some out there. Okay, yeah. so one at a time. Let's go Oscar first. Um, Norway. Oh, yeah, Scandinavian. That's Number a good idea. Three. Let's just keep naming them until we're out. Okay, US then. USA is ding, yeah. 17th. Yep, not a good place. Um, Denmark, did I say Denmark? One of the other Scandi countries. Denmark. Sweden. Ding. Ding, Sweden. Iceland. Oh, good one. Uh, oh, wait, I need to see. No, that says Ireland. Uh, no, <laughs> Iceland is not there. Ian, any more to name? Uh, did we say Norway? You said, yeah, that was literally the first one that was said. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Have, we, have we done all the Scandinavian ones? Norway, then? Sweden, Denmark. What's the other Scandinavian Finland. country? Finland. Ding. 11th. Sorry, I couldn't remember Holland the other is one. up there probably. Uh, Netherlands is 8th. Yeah. I used to study this in grad school. It's all the super liberal northern European countries that have long yeah. life expectancies, free healthcare, good education, all that stuff. Uh, right, we'll go through the top 20 then. Are we uh, in fine. there? Are we? No. Are we? Fuck. Uh, We're like 27th. I think. Twentieth oh, um, was Israel. Uh, then we've got South Korea, United Arab Emirates, uh, United States of America. Then Taiwan, Belgium, Germany, Austria, Hong Kong, Finland, Ireland, Canada, Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, New Zealand, Singapore, New Zealand, Norway, yeah. Switzerland, and Australia. Australia huh. is number one. So there you go. go, Dave. Yeah, Andy Muplins. And he play that is Dave. Secretly, yes. Secret that is secret Dave. Uh so yes, so Pressure guess... really gets to me. I tell you, really gets to me. What? But we're not on it? Brexit? Things Brexit? No, no, no. I mean the pressure of the bluffer just gets to me. It gets to all of us, mate. It does funny things to us when we're we're under the cosh. Yeah, that's why you win when you don't take categories and you lose yeah. when you do take categories. That's all three of us. Like that's just the nature of the game. <laughs> yeah, that is all true, three yeah. of us are prone to over confidence and bluffing ourselves up to where we are <laughs> way over yeah, our yeah. heads and that is yeah. exactly how that goes every week so yeah there we go so fixtures. congratulations oscar thank you sir. No, no, blow past that fuck it um <laughs> he invented the game so it doesn't yeah leeds west ham friday night friday night deadline fpl i'll tell you once i won't tell you again 
Yeah, I know. Well, they've got to space all these games out. There yeah. is. Oh, what I will say is, is in not this game week, obviously, but the next game week, every single one is on Amazon Prime over here. And is it on Saturday, on Wednesday? Sorry, Wednesday evening. Uh, the games are tripled up. Oh, okay. So that, that feels a bit more like a bit norm, shit's actually going normal, on again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Leeds, West Ham, Friday night. Uh, then Wolves, Aston Villa, Newcastle, West Brom, question mark, maybe. Uh, oh, Manchester derby. No one cares. Um, Everton, <laughs> Ch- oh, sorry. Wait, was the North London derby that no one cares derby? Yeah, yeah, the Manchester derby will be good. Okay, Manchester derby, uh, <laughs> will it? Okay. Um, then we've got um, Everton and Chelsea, the blue derby. Um, we've then got the red and white derby, Southampton versus Sheffield United. <laughs> Uh, we've then got a game uh, Palace versus Spurs Fulham versus Liverpool Arsenal versus Burnley <laughs> definitely <laughs> trying to think of Derby names and uh, no <laughs> but luckily Arsenal versus Burnley there's another game on at the same time Leicester versus Brighton so <laughs> you've got options guys <laughs> I love how Palace Spurs is literally an actual Derby for a place that exists. And you're like, what name can we give to this Derby? Oh. It's not a Derby. They're quite far apart. It's a London Derby. There are many London Derbies. This is uh, one of them. There's no... No. <laughs> no animosity like, either. Uh, teams with S in the name Derby? Is that... That's a good... S and P. Both of those teams have S and P in the name. So. <laughs> it's fucking less tenuous than you usually go for whatever you're coming up with oh this team has a w in its name so i don't care (laughs) i just don't like the letter w it's not that complicated okay wolves from west brom are the teams that i don't remember exist this year why likes germany because it's double they because they don't like w either i don't get it they don't pronounce it volkswagen wow okay <laughs> and on that uh, note, bum note, uh, we'll leave it there for the week, I guess. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks, of course, to Nate Whitten, producer, girlfriend haver, girlfriend extraordinaire. Uh, say goodbye, Oscar. Shout out Oliver Giroud, perfect hat trick plus pen in the Champions League. Woo! He had all episode. And Ian. See ya. Take care. Big love, Oscar Dalton. We love you. Another episode. Right, fine, I'll just cut it. There you go. It's cut. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do it properly. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll try for real. Sorry, I was distracted by my headphones. Let me get a different pair of headphones. Actually, oh, have we not started? Then is this? Welcome to the Bars Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of loving. My name is Chuck Bailey. Also with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Oscar Puente, and Mister Sometimes Here. Got a beard, a little bit weird. Ian Stimson. How do? <laughs> What, the beard's weird or am I weird? <laughs>